I couldn't believe how hyped Jamie was for Fast and Furious 9. Yeah, you know, that's actually interesting, bringing up movies. Have you heard um, that AMC is now talking about, like, streaming sports and whatnot? They actually, they did the Dustin and McGregor fight uh, in AMC theaters. And they're talking about doing this for, like, pretty big events, like Super Bowls and stuff. So that way, like, you can buy your tickets in advance. I mean, they did really well for the Dustin McGregor fight. You're shaking your head. You don't seem into it, but... I don't know, man. Like, all that stuff's great. I think you just have a potential mess on your hands with Why? sporting events. Uh, sports fans are just rowdy. You got True. two people, um, two teams, no matter which way you're looking at, whether it's a uh, mixed martial arts or football you have two separate fan bases in one area um it's just that's tough man i it could it could be super cool i think it's a great idea but at the same time it's it's a mess there's a reason people haven't done it before i mean you can get away with were you around when they would do like the screen outside of the penguins arena no yeah, dude, they would roll out a huge projector screen and people would fill up the parking lot with their chairs and grill out and watch the game outside on the big projector. But they're all Penguins fans. Yeah, you know what so I mean? So it's like a mutual understanding. It's like everybody here is going to be cool, even if like you have a couple fans here and there that are for the opposing team. For the most part, it's going to be cool. But, man, I see that stuff as like, the Sharks and Jets getting together, man. There's going to be some West Side Story shit at AMC when, you know, all the Conor McGregor fans come in with the Irish flags and Dustin Poirier's folks roll in. And it, it's just – it's 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 turmoil. I, I don't think places like that are necessarily equipped. When you're talking about big arenas, they, they have that stuff under control. But when you're talking about, like, a couple minimum wage AMC workers <laughs> – <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I believe they are talking about having alcohol, obviously. What can go wrong? So yeah. Um, and you know, another thing though, in, in the same kind of lane, is they're talking also about doing like gaming there too, like major league gaming. You know, that, cool. that would probably go better. I don't know if gamers drink. Well, I don't know how like rowdy they're going to get, but I think it's just such like all it's going to do is take one person to throw their drink at that screen when there's a bad call. It's fucking chaos and it's on and you don't have very many like looking at it from a tactical standpoint, you don't have very many maneuvers to divide and conquer in a movie theater. Yeah, that's just a brawl. I mean... We'll see. Like I said, it was obviously it was successful for Dustin McGregor three. Yeah, cause I know. Like, I just no. I just know that that worked. Um, so you know, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I think because there was two Conor McGregor fans. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I think um, Dustin was the underdog in that fight. So I think crazy enough, he was. He was. He was definitely the underdog. And I can't believe it, man. I cannot believe it. Um, I I didn't think. What did you think of the fight itself? I mean, it was less than a round, but what did you see in that well, under it sucks. five minutes? Like from like an entertainment standpoint, like you know, this is this is not the fight that I want to end like that. I want to see either five rounds of intense action or a stoppage by one person. Um, you know, so it was it was uneventful for that reason, and it's it sucks. You know, it's just like literally no pun intended a misstep mm. and you can't do anything about it i mean 
Connor lost a lot of respect for me for those comments about Dustin's wife and whatnot. You know, I still like <laughs> fight four happens. I'm definitely watching it. Ye wife send me DMs. <laughs> Meet me at the win, baby. <laughs> I, uh, man, I, I'm, I don't think, I don't think Connor has anything for any of the top 155ers anymore. I think he was lightning in a bottle and he slept Jose Aldo at 145. I think that's his optimal weight level. And when he iced um, Eddie Alvarez at Madison Square Garden to become the first person, first athlete to hold two belts in two different weight divisions simultaneously, I think that was it. Um, He should have kept going. He doubled down and went with the uh, Mayweather fight. And, man, he's just never looked the same. I think he he got his ass beat. If that fight went 428, he got his ass beat for four minutes and 20 seconds of it. I don't think he offers anything for Dustin. I don't want to see that run back. I think his ankle broke, and I think he has a lot of problem with his feet. But I think that ankle break saved him from just getting big brothered in there. I don't. I mean, like, I know, obviously, Poirier won that round with, like, the top control. Um but, I mean, I, I view it very similar to the last fight. Like, yes, Dustin won, but that doesn't mean that McGregor still didn't crack him. Right. In that first round, who initiated the grappling exchanges? I don't understand why, but he Connor jumped guard. He pulled guard going Con- for the Connor deuce. initiated those grappling before he jumped guard. He, he initiated, initiated some grappling exchanges because he was getting pieced up on the feet. Dustin's just a bigger guy. I think at 145, I know we talked about it before. We're not going to kick the horse. I think at 145, Connor, Connor just put him out and caught him with an amazing shot. But I, I think it was a detriment, that weight class. I think at 155, Dustin's more natural at his weight. That's a more natural weight class. And when I saw Connor initiate those grappling exchanges, I thought he saw or felt something on the feet that he did not he did not like. And then when he was in those exchanges, Dustin said he baited him into that, giving him the guillotine. And Dustin's an elite level black belt that he's just solid on the ground to get a guillotine on Dustin Poirier would be extremely difficult in the aftermath. He talked about almost baiting Connor into that. And he was shocked that he, Dustin was shocked that Connor jumped guard. But when he had him in that guillotine, Dustin thought he played himself. He said it was extremely tight. For a few seconds there, I thought it was... He said, I thought I set a trap that I ended up getting caught in. Wow. I mean, see, I didn't even know that. Um, I don't know. I just... I don't think, at least from what I saw, and obviously I didn't feel any punches, I don't think Connor was getting pieced up. Um, it's, it's really like I do want to see a fourth fight, you know, regardless of the comments he made, and it is disgusting, and if he gets his ass beaten the fourth fight because of that, you know, good on him, he does deserve it, but I just, I don't know, I, I like, I just, I don't know why, I just, I feel like Connor still has something in him, he might be washed up, I'm like, it honestly doesn't matter to me if he is or isn't, but I just feel like there's something still there. I don't know, man. Things have gotten weird. When things get weird in in some of those things, where if you look back and the big um, the flag for Connor was, despite popularity, 
fame, notoriety, that he was always in the gym, that he was always working, that uh, Coach Kavanaugh, John Kavanaugh is one of the most respected people over on that side of the world for mixed martial arts, an amazing coach, extremely intelligent, very proficient. You haven't seen him as much with Connor. And one of the things that John Kavanaugh said before the second Nate Diaz fight, after Connor lost the first one, Kavanaugh said, Connor needs to convince me why he's doing this. I'm not going to waste my time. Hmm. I have a, a hair, like, I have a slew of other fighters underneath me now that need me much more than Connor does. So if he wants to keep doing this, he's got to give me a why. Otherwise, this isn't a game to play around in. This isn't a game. They're going in there and taking shots to the head. Someone's trying to take you out, break your bones, make you unconscious, choke you out. It's not something I'm going to prep someone for that doesn't have a reason for doing it other than, well, this is kind of what I do. The word that leading into this camp of the Dustin Poirier rematch, Connor really beat the drum that the first time they fought, he was angling for a fight with Manny Pacquiao. Mainly did boxing, the whole camp, focused on that because afterwards we were thinking of Manny Pacquiao. Thinking of Manny Pacquiao. Seems pretty fucking weird for a two-time champ in two different weight divisions to all of a sudden just focus on one. Fair play. I think he was overlooking Dustin in, the, in uh, wanting a fight with Pacquiao. But you saw something really weird in that Poirier-McGregor 2 lead-up of what a gentleman Connor was, right? Yeah. You didn't see the trash talk. You didn't see so. So a couple things have now somewhat been compromised. Training. He's not training the way he used to. And he wasn't selling a fight the way he was used to. That fire was gone. He wasn't talking shit the way he was to Chad Mendez. Did you ever see that interview where he told Chad Mendez that he would rest his balls on his forehead if he wanted to? Yeah. That was. <laughs> Thank you for bringing me back to that moment. I mean, <laughs> and now he's up on stage trying Dustin Poirier's hot sauce. It's not the same. It's not the same sauce that got there. And I think he went a little too far in the Khabib fight. But at the same time, he came back and, uh, man, I don't know. So he lost that second fight with Poirier. This time leading up to it, the report was that he went to Dubai and trained by himself for a month. What in the fuck? What in the fuck? How are you going to train on pushing and pulling another human, moving them around, strike, seeing their movement, working on your defense, when you go into the gym by yourself for a month? And I'm sure he wrote it off. I mean, he's worth, you know, he said by the time he's 35, he's on track to be a billionaire by 35. Who the fuck's going to tell that guy no? Yeah. I'm going to go in and train. I'm going to go into isolation for a month and strike the bags and work the mitts. I will come out a different animal. All right, bro. But like, you're not using the same plan. And that bullshit of him, like, I'm back on the plumbing site. I've got hammers in my hands again. Bitch, you just bought a fucking Lamborghini boat. Don't fucking tell me about swinging hammers. You bought a Lamborghini boat. Maybe that's how he's pulling up to the plumbing sites. Fuck, Never dude. Know. You're just not going to beat a dog like Dustin Poirier when you're like that. If he was, you know, with John Cavanaugh and he was with his training partners and his striking coach, and maybe, maybe I'd buy a little more. But, man, I just, I don't think we ever see Conor win another fight in the UFC. Only time will tell. Um 
I don't know. I don't even know how to bridge this. I just, I hope he does. I, I, I hope he retires. I hope he just doesn't give any, uh, any mind to Jake Paul. That's, that's my, and I, I, I hope he just stays away from boxing too. Like, I don't understand why he wants to fight Manny. Now this is controversial in my opinion. I've watched the fight twice. I don't. I don't even think Manny lost to Floyd. Manny is also my favorite boxer. Like, so I may be biased. Um, he's just so entertaining to watch and so good. Um, I don't understand why he would want to fight Pacquiao. E- even if even if we give the W to Floyd, I mean, I, I do think that Manny is a better boxer. Yeah, Floyd was wise to put that on the back burner for years until Manny slowed down, but. And not take a rematch, because Manny said multiple times oh, his that he shoulder, would. Manny's shoulder was also injured going into that fight as well. It didn't was, know that. Yeah, it was it was really good timing. Freddie Roach uh, spilled those beans afterwards of like, Manny had a real shoulder problem leading into that fight, um, which you know all culminates in Floyd's fifty-one and zero or fifty and zero. But uh, man, I don't see McGregor. You know what? All right. Here's what I think is going to happen. Then I'm going to ask you what you would do with Connor next. I think there's a couple plates spinning, but I think Jake Paul sleeps Tyron. I think we see Jake Paul and Connor McGregor in the UFC. In the UFC? In the UFC. Like you're talking a UFC yes, fight with. A UFC fight. I don't think for a second. Well, here's the thing Jake Paul is under the banner of Showtime. Showtime also had Floyd and who the UFC worked with in the co-promotion of Floyd and Conor McGregor. I know the head of Showtime, Steven Espinosa, is a douchebag that Dana White hates, like would not work. But there's some really good people over there. It's not just one person. Sure. And Dana doesn't have to like Jake to cash that check. I just think... Especially the problem child, you know, he is the villain and he knows it. He works that angle and he's good at it. I think he knows his bag and everybody who's a fan of fighting, even if he's not a real fighter, everybody can admit that the kid takes it seriously and can crack. So I don't think that he's going to be like, okay, I'm three fights in doing okay. And now I'm going to start adding takedowns and wrestling and arm bars and triangles. I, I think it'll be a boxing match. I think it'll be a boxing match. I don't think it'll be an MMA fight. I think Jake Paul will only ever do boxing. But I then think then how would he go to the UFC? Well, Dana, I mean, anyone with twenty five dollars and can fill out an application can be a fight promoter. So, like, they can have that underneath the banner of the UFC and promote a boxing fight. Um, that's just like paperwork to have that done. But I think they'll have the boxing fight in the UFC banner. I don't see it happening. I don't see Connor even giving it attention. Um, All those zeros and commas? You don't think he would whoop that ass for... Well, he could have done it already. But that's what I mean. Like the Jake's going to have to beat a reputable person not named Ben Askren <laughs> to get that smoke. Otherwise... I still just don't think he, he'll do it. And so you asked, what do you do with Connor next? Mm-hmm. I personally feel like, because this will fucking sell no matter what, I think he fights Nate Diaz. Well, 
we, we he's going to want to want the the fourth bout with Poirier. But if that wasn't to happen, I think he does the trilogy with Nate Diaz, then Dustin, who I think is going to take the championship. So I think he'd take the belt if, if he'd, he'd fight for the belt. And then if he wins the belt, then it's like I'm sure we're going to see his ego fucking quadruple. I don't. I, I think it's one of those. It's a good move, man. I, I think the Nate Diaz fights there. I all, did you see Nate tweeted at Dustin and ask him to go up to one eighty five? Really? Yeah. Um, he, I think he tw- I think he added him, and he was like, he said one eighty five. I mean, yeah. I like even though I don't particularly care to watch him fight that much. That's why I respect and love Nate Diaz. Like he you don't will- like watching him fight. I I do and don't like because for moments like the fucking Leon Edwards fight, <laughs> he could have won. He could have had the biggest upset of the night. I think I think his gas tank was pretty well shot. I don't know if he had enough in the tank in round five to close the show there with ninety seconds left. If to put that, dude, I, I don't. <laughs> Leon was, and I mean obviously, who am I to talk? But Leon could barely fucking stand for at least sixty of those ninety seconds. Mm, yeah, I'd, I'd, you know that's true. Well, I'd have to honestly, I'd have to go back and watch it. I remember him getting like stiff-legged for a few seconds, and then Nate pointing at him, and then Leon getting on his bike and staying away from Nate. I don't remember how long that lasted, or if Nate initiated a clinch. I, I truly just don't like remember. I I remember reading and I read quite a bit how people were upset, like why didn't he finish the fight? But it was like, man, that's the last couple miles in a marathon. He might not have had the gas tank to push it down. And plus, Leon's fucking huge. Yeah. Huge. So it's like, I I don't know. That was such a tough fight for Nate that even in a loss like that, with the way that it ended, I don't really see it as a loss. I think his stock's still really high. So you can do the McGregor fight, but, man, he's going to beat that ass. Connor's just done. Try. Who do you think Connor can beat? In before before right answering on. that, um, and I, I actually don't even really know. I'm I'm not super good at who's in what division, but the thing is, is like in any fighter's prime, and we could say maybe Nate isn't in his prime because you brought up the gas tank thing. If the belt was on the line, if he was like three fights in, still starving for food, he would even if there was no gas in the tank, even if like you know, continue with the metaphor, there was like rust shooting out or whatever, he would make it work. He would make it work, and he would he would make oil and <laughs> just make, make it happen. And and that's that's my thing. Um, as far as yeah, who who who's who Connor can beat? Connor beat? I don't even really know who's there. I'm um, looking at that 155 division. I don't think Charles Oliveira is a good matchup for him. Charles is the champion. I mean, you're also looking at you know number two would be Dustin Poirier. Uh, three, you have Justin Gaethje there. I don't know, Justin, maybe Connor beats Justin because Gaethje generally throws caution to the wind and just starts slugging um, that Connor can catch him with that death blow. But I I don't know, man. I, looking at, like, but Gaethje, that's not a money fight. That's not a name. That's um, a name. It's, like, not as big as, like, Dustin. Uh, but Gaethje's a name. I don't know how much he sells, man. I don't know what... I'd have to look to see... A name and sales are different, though. There are a lot of people that have a name that don't sell, but they have the name. 
Okay, I'm talking about sales. I'm talking about like we have 20% left juice to squeeze out of Connor currently with the current situation. We're looking at his stock of like, man, he just busted his ankle. There's reports of him not really taking training seriously. There's all these cons. Who do we match him up with next? If we're looking at it and it's you and I, and I say, hey, Troy, look, man, we might have one more good squeeze out of this dude. But if he loses his next one. I I would say... Out of those three names, I would say Gaethje then. But like, like really, I think the ideal situation would be Nate Connor three. I think, I think we wait around to see what happens in late July on the 29th of August. What happens between Jake Paul and Tyron? And I think if Jake wins, well, here's the other thing. Here's here's my other caveat where you throw caution in the wind of like, would Dana do that? He hates the Paul brothers. He called Logan Paul and moved and comped him up to the front row of his seats. And Logan did an interview on his podcast saying, like, I couldn't fucking believe it. Dana White called me. He said, we have each other's numbers through a couple random friends. And he said, he rang me, and I couldn't believe it was him. And he moved me up to the billion dollars row, the billionaire's row, with, like, Lorenzo, Trump, everybody. He moved me to the front row. And he was like, I went and I saw him. I was super appreciative. Someone else mentioned that by the end of 2021, they made the prediction that we would see Jake Paul in the UFC. Now, not mixed martial arts, boxing in some way. Because I don't know if you remember, before before the pandemic hit, Dana was working on Zufa boxing. You remember mm. that many moons ago? He no. was like this, before the pandemic hit and the world went upside down, Zufa boxing was Dana's brainchild that he was going to work on fixing boxing and start doing some boxing cards because of how bad that sport is in, the situations that it's in. And he was seeing major boxers, especially those three at the top, when, you know, Andy Ruiz, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, Joshua, like, like all of these, they can't get fight. Like, they can't, you can't match these guys up. And so he was looking at uh, almost tenting like almost like tenting putting on a promotion for these fights underneath the tent of zufa boxing i think we see jake paul in the ufc boxing if he knocks out tyron and connor waits around that number that that sale that sells that's numbers that's paper i numbers. still don't see it happening because you know from the other side of things uh jake said that like he's only gonna wait around for connor for so long, you know, as he gets better, oh, yeah. he gets more wins and whatnot. Well, so, well, that's yeah, I, I don't buy that. that I, mean, is, I know money. That's yeah. like, uh, hey, man, I'm just letting you know this this opportunity, like every opportunity there, the window will close. But if you want 50 million dollars to come box a YouTuber. But he said that that number's decreasing. Sure. And if he loses another one, why the fuck would he pay him 50? If you wouldn't take it at 50 and your stock just fell and you just lost I might pay you 10. And if you don't want 10, that's cool. You're not getting 10 in the UFC off of two losses. So what do you want to do? You want this easy work here for 10 to 20 million? Or do you want to tr- get in there with dogs like Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliveira, and potentially get your ass beat and your career's done? Because if he loses one more time in the UFC, that boxing stuff's done. Like no one's, no one's going to give a shit. Nobody's going to give a shit. That shine's starting to come off now when he took a tantrum in the octagon after his fight. 
which there's a big contra big controversy in the mixed martial arts world there's upset people that joe rogan even interviewed him like the dude just fucking broke his leg like snapped and he was on the floor like should we have really put the camera on him and gave him a hot mic Right, yeah. right, right. Like, like they're both <laughs> like when you sides. say it like that, I, I didn't think. I mean, yeah. To be honest, he should have just been rushed out. Like realistically, they're they're just just rush him out, and I don't even really think why why interview Dustin, especially <laughs> knowing Dustin. You know, obviously he's not happy with the with that win. And Joe Rogan just snuggled up to him. Hey Connor, what'd you think of the fight? How'd your leg feel? Fuck your wife sent me DMs, and he just went off like. I don't know, man. And, you can, and a lot of people, as you said, you lost respect for Connor. Some of the things he said, as as did I. And man, we're judging him at probably one of the worst points of his professional career. Should a microphone been put in front of his face after that happened and a live feed? I I don't know. I don't know. No, but, the the answer really is no. I've never thought about it like that. Reg- like he shouldn't have reacted the way he did, regardless. <laughs> but like. You know, yeah, like that. That's like the one of the heights of his career. You know, big trilogy fight and snap, yeah. man. Just that step back and snap of his legs. I, it was really interesting leading up to that fight. All the training footage that they were showing, and even on embedded, he was on the last two. He did a media blackout, and uh, on the last two, he one of them he was getting his hair cut. I thought it was really odd, man. He always had his feet in ice. Always had like in buckets. Man, Floyd has real brittle hands, and I think Connor just has really bad ankles. I don't know if it was from, you know, method of kicking or training or something. I just think that he's always had trouble with his ankles. He talked about it before. I think it was the Jose Aldo fight. Um, I forget what the line was. Something about a toe or a thumb. And he was just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to hit him with me toe. It's broken anyway. I'm going to go in. Like, I think he's always had trouble. And when something like that happens, man, I don't think it comes back. We'll see. I mean, like I said before, only time will tell. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. If that was me, I would either... Because Nate might not even want that fight with him uh, chirping at Dustin. And Dustin may say, you know what? I'll take that Nate Diaz fight. That's money. I think Nate wants it. I, who do you think wins between Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier at any weight class? 170 or 185? I think that's a tough one. It is. Ah, shit. I don't even know. I mean, I want to say Dustin, but I I could just see Nate pulling us a, a Leon with like that one fucking punch, one kick, and maybe he does close it this time. I I think I think dude you could drive over Nate Diaz with an 18 wheeler and he'll get up and be like, "Yeah, let's go again." 209, bitch. <laughs> um I think I think Nate beats him and I think Nate makes it look real easy. I think Dustin Seriously. Yeah, I think Dustin Dustin's real good. Dustin's a dog. Dustin's live and you can look at his last 6 wins, but I think he's so elevated now because of what he did to Connor. But I I think that shines off off the diamond, man, I, it, at 155. I think that's just too much of a natural weight for Connor. He doesn't have the advantages that he did at 145. And Nate towers over Dustin Poirier. 
Nate is a big man. He's tall, but Dustin's beefier. Oh, we'll we'll I'll pull up a Google image for you to show you the difference. Nate easily is over two hundred pounds walking around. He is shoulders above Dustin Poirier. And I just think Nate is bigger than Dustin the way Leon Edwards was bigger than Nate. I think it just comes down to a size difference. No, for sure. But like I said, like Nate's pretty skinny for his size. He's you long. Know? His He's his reach long. is seventy six, Dustin's is seventy two. I think Nate just Oof, that's four inch. I, I think Nate just pieces him up. And then Dustin, Dustin goes for broke. He has that switch that I don't know if you've ever watched like Chris Lieben's fights way back in the day. Mm-mm. He was on the first season of Tough. He made a, he fought out a team quest with Randy Couture, Dan Henderson, Chael Sonnen. So he was from that that vein of training and that thought. And you could just see it, man. There was a really good fight with Chris Lieben and Terry Martin. And Terry Martin was billed as almost like a young Mike Tyson, would just come in with heavy hands, no ground game, but just would fucking level you and uh you could see it with chris where like it would take a bit but once he was hit flush he would have this button that you would hit him and then all of a sudden he's on he's in a different mode coming forward and just swinging for the fences a lot of his fights he would catch people like that so he was fan favorite but i think with that type dustin does similar He'll get in there real close, and all of a sudden, that barrage of strikes just starts coming. I think Nate's a better striker, a little more crisp, and a little more long. And I just don't think he has, I don't think Dustin has what it takes to beat Nate Diaz. Because if Dustin takes Nate down, you're in a whole different world with Nate Diaz's guard. You're really just, you're dodging submissions. (laughs) Well, I think, I think Dustin's a better grappler. I mean, like, yeah. Than Nate Diaz? Yeah. Oh, sir. Okay. Not, it's, okay. What, let's normalize our language. So what we're saying of like a grappler. When you say Dustin Poirier is a better grappler than Nate Diaz, what does that mean? Um, I think that his ground game, just like as a whole, is better. And I think if they go to the ground, especially, like I said, you know, uh, Dustin is like wider. I think he's gonna just like ground and pound, uh, Nate. I think Nate, Nate, I in my assessment is light years as good as Dustin is on the ground. And I'm not sure. I know he trains out of eight. Dustin trains out of ATT. I'm not sure where his black belt's from. I'm sure, it's uber legit. But Nate Diaz on the ground is like different level. Just different level of submissions, attacks. Whereas Dustin really started dominating the fight in those clinches. I don't think that happens with Nate. Nate doesn't have an explosive double leg to take people down. But once on the ground, he's a wizard. I agree his guard is amazing and his submissions, yeah. But I think like if we're talking overall ground game. And then I also think that, like, that weight of Dustin will be difficult for Nate to de- to deal with. Oh, I hope it happens, man. I hope it happens cuz I think <laughs> it would be just it would be a good fight and that's where like I think Nate would win, but I you can definitely see Dustin employing some of those leg kicks. Nate Diaz does not check leg kicks. No. I mean, it's it's just He just doesn't block as a whole. That's he what I mean. Shots. Like how many of those leg kicks can he eat and still come forward? Um 
I don't know. I would be in. I think that's a really good fight. I don't think it happens at 185. I think they would do it at 170. But I don't know. Dana was saying that with a win over Connor, Dustin's getting the next title shot at 155. It'd be really yeah. interesting if Dustin turns down two title shots for money he's fights. Not. I don't think he's going to. You don't, don't think, think he turned down? I don't think there's any chance. Look, mm-hmm. there's maybe one in a million fighter that their dream isn't to be the champion. Dustin already turned it down once for a matter of pride, and he felt that like they owe it to each other, which I think is true, and I respect. There's no reason for him to do this. And yes, yeah, so you're going to say money. I don't really know how much Dustin has made and whatnot, but does he really need it? Yes. And? Does he? He really does? He was already interim champ once, too. I think having that strap once and having two contracts put in front of you, one for Charles Charles Oliveira at, uh, you know, let's just make life simple, $10, or you can fight. And I, he wouldn't get pay-per-view points n- not as a champion in a championship fight. You need to have the belt, and then, unless I could be wrong too, maybe challengers get pay-per-view points. But I think the card sells better, which trickles down to the fighters much more if it's Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier. I mean, you we're, when we talked about, when we previewed the fight two weeks ago, it took us a second to remember who the 155-pound champ was. Yeah. Who? Which card are you going to pay for? Not which one will you watch. Which one would you put your money down for? Well, I wouldn't pay for either, but... Easy. <laughs> um, no, I, I I understand what you're saying, but I mean, like I said though, does Dustin really need the money oh, that yeah. bad? Like, are you saying that because, and no disrespect, is he like a Tyron Woodley that you know invested a million dollars into a rap into something that didn't work, <laughs> you know, or is it just like the man hasn't got paid much and he's got? kids and a wife uh dustin has one if not two kids the other thing people don't people don't realize with uh with a lot of those fighters would have been something neat to talk with dempsey about that will give like specific numbers but so much of that goes to training partners to management so like it might look like dustin made and i think his last purse i think i i read what did he make with connor Oh, man, I read that he he got his first million dollar payday. How much it was, I don't know. I would have, but his base I think was like two fifty, and that might be high. That might be high. His base, what they make money off of, is the pay per view points in the back end. But what I'm saying is, let's just to make numbers easy. If he made a hundred thousand dollars for that fight, taxes, thirty five percent gone. Right there. Now you're down to, what is that, 65000 Now all of your training partners that flew out, that stayed with you for, you know, eight-week training camp, you, they need paid. Your managers get their cut. Your coach gets their cut. You got your gym fees and your own travel expenses. So that hundred k essentially could easily whittle itself down to forty five forty. Now, at that height, I'm sure, I hope he made millions and he would never have to work again. But when you start talking about stuff like that, like, and those guys can only work three, four times a year. Yeah. So when it comes to an opportunity, when the circumstances and puzzle pieces come into place where you can get a guy like Nate Diaz on the card across from you, you got to worry about your place on the card 
as the main event and who you're fighting. And I just don't think Charles Oliveira or Dustin Poirier draws. I don't think I Dustin think draws. You're not wrong, but I think that Dustin, um, and I could totally be just blowing smoke right now, but Dustin, again, not to use, like, I'm using Tyron again. I think I feel like Dustin's probably managed his money a bit better than others, so I oh, think yeah. he's going to go for glory, so to speak, go for the title. Um, that's just what I think he's going to do. I don't know. I mean, I'm also thinking like, you know, if I wasn't, if I was a fighter and I wasn't desperate for money, that's what I would do. I would go for the title. And that's because, like I said, like, I think every fighter except for maybe one in a fucking million wants to be the champion. Well, here's the other thing, too. I think it's really interesting when you say that. That title will always be there. But will you always have the shot for it? Well, he beats, he beats Nate Diaz. What if he, he loses? He, like, see, Nate Diaz is a payday. Mm-hmm. Win or lose, it's a payday. What if he loses? Then do you get the title shot? Then what if Connor Four happens? What if he loses that? Or even if that doesn't, what if he loses another fight? Then do you get the shot? It's kind of one of those things, I think, where it's like opportunities knocking on your door. You either take it or you don't. I'm really I feel more Nate will always be there. Because Nate's not Mm. leaving the sport unless he dies. Someone says he can't. Like, Dana's just like, you literally can't. And then he'll probably go to Bellator or somewhere else that won't let him. Mm. Like, there's Nate has to be 75 before he stops fighting. Mm, I don't know. I, I'm real interested to see how it plays out. The good thing is a guy like Dustin Poirier, who's been in the game forever, now has options. He's like Jorge Masvidal. Like, Jorge yeah. was in the game forever and a day until he finally blew up. And Dustin Poirier, who I wouldn't – I'm not convinced he's a draw just yet. But he's a very skilled fighter that put him in, put himself in a great position, whether he takes a fight with Nate Diaz or that he runs after the belt and Charles Oliveira. Either way, that guy's in great position. It's good to see. That yeah. dude's had 20 years in the game. Like people don't realize because he's still young, like how long he's been. 20 years is long. Might be closer to 12, 15, but he's been no, around. For sure. I just think about it's. It's not like music, you know, or like we're like you can your fifth album can suck it can flop and everybody will hate you for two years until you drop the next album but if your next album is amazing you're relevant again you know it's, it's just not it's not the same in in especially for fight fans we have this recency bias that the last fight is the only one we remember of of fighters good or bad yeah and it's like oh my god this Dustin looked amazing. He beat Connor. That's and, but you forget like he he also had a lot of trouble with some grapplers or you know different things. Um, but yeah, man, I think it's such an exciting time in that 155, 170 division with those sharks floating around. Something else that we thought was real cool um, that passed along. The hockey player. What was his name that came out? Do you remember? Oh, uh, it's Luke. And then I'm I'm gonna mess up the the last name. Luke something, but, you know, on Tuesday he came out as gay. What are your thoughts on that, on a major sports league? I mean, what, is it one of the big four? Hockey, baseball, football? It's hockey. Um, what do I think about it? I mean, <laughs> it, it sucks to say, but I don't think it should really matter. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And that's just because, like, I don't give a shit if you're gay. Like, me personally, I don't give a shit if you're gay bisexual whatever a dinosaur like just be yourself like i don't i don't really think that this should have to like it shouldn't have to be news that's my thing 
Um, and, you know, people are going to be like, oh, like, gay people have struggled and this, that, and the third, and I'm not denying that. But I think that the way that things become, oh, it's uh, Luke Prokop, P-R-O-K-O-P. I think that the way things become more normal, or normal isn't even the word, just, like, accepted is, like, we don't have to talk about it as much. And, yeah. I, again, there are going to be other people that are going to argue that, you know, like, because how would we have abolished something like slavery if we didn't talk about it? You know, I think there's like a time and place for things. I know that was a little bit much more radical example, but still, um, it's just not everything needs to be like given a trophy and like put on a wall. Like, Oh, he's so courageous. He's a gay athlete. Like the reality is, is, you know, hockey is a serious sport. They get down like, yeah, he may be gay. He'll probably fuck up you and your brother. Like, you know, (laughs) it's just, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it's I think it's weird too. I saw it in the NFL. Someone um, had recently come out, and I don't know if it's just in every sport someone has to say it first, and then it's almost like ignored. Like, oh, it's great, you're gay. Yeah, because it's super. You're like you have a partner. You look like I mean, it it just is insignificant. But I think it's showing a level of acceptance in those environments. You and I move in circles that aren't very. Um, traditional in the form of like when we prep for these shows and we talk and it's like when we talk about sports n- we don't have a lot of ground to cover for football baseball basketball um, and so I think we're far removed from the mindset of those fan bases yeah so like I mean how many people love NASCAR right not not how many people do we know that are in our inner circle but yeah, generally speaking, I mean, when, yeah, they spend millions of dollars. Yeah. Right. When you're looking at the masses like that, I think it's good. Um, but at the same time, like, let's let's just one and done this. Like, there was a first, yeah. and then cool. Cool, there's gay people in sports. Shocker. But, like, I, I'm with you because the more, I think, I think we talk about it, the first one, and then you just let it go. Like, oh, okay, if there's one... Um, gay athlete i'm sure there's other gay athletes and just let it be i think the more that we get into the judging and oh you're so brave because you came out as gay like i get it but i think that puts an undue amount of stress on people that maybe just don't want to share that part of their life like yeah do i have to come out what does it matter i'm putting a puck into a net or i'm you know whatever your role is there but good to see, but at the same time, like, I don't know if that should really make news. I mean, I, I totally agree. I don't, I don't think it needs to be. And it's, I don't know, because my, my whole thing is just like live your life, you know, just be you. Also, I mean, this is, again, like some people might not like this and find this like controversial. But I, I, think, I think people in general with things like that need to be or can be a little bit more secretive. Like... Where we're in this whole time where, like, pride is a big thing, and I'm not against it. It's like you see people, like, wearing, like, pride flags and things like that. And I don't care, but, like, also, when you do that, it lets the world know. And why do we need... If, if I'm not going to be your friend, and not because I don't want to, just because, like, the universe doesn't bring us together, we're not friends. Why do I need to know something that personal about you? You know, like... It's the same thing, and I mean, granted, you could argue because I have a tattoo of this, but it's like, you know, my sister's deceased. I don't just go up to the waiter 
that I'm eating dinner at and like, how are you? Good. My sister's dead. Just so you know, it's like same thing. Diet Coke, please. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'll have a Diet Coke. I'm gay as fuck too. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Double up on the ice. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's just, it's, it's, yeah. Things like that. Like I just, I, uh, yeah, just just tell you, tell your close ones, you know, the the people that actually deserve to know you because not everybody deserves to know you. Yeah. I think we need to, we need to like, and I'm all for it, man. I, I love that, uh, you know, people feel comfortable to share their sexuality based on symbols and stuff. And uh, I really think we need to do a uh, flag for, like, titties. <laughs> well, I'm an ass man, so... We can we can get them both on there, sir. There's there's no reason. Well, no, no, no. Um, You have to pick a side. That's <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? You're on the left and I'm on the right. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I think it's one of those things where I'm, it probably was real tough for the first athletes. And I think that's where like, hey, man, you broke the mold. You're, you're courageous for doing that because I don't know, someone that's been involved in sports from a young age up until, you know, mid-20s in some capacity, that environment, that locker room environment, a lot of stuff is let go and chalked up as like, well, that's locker room talk. Even some of the words that, you know, were used 12, 10, even five years ago, super disrespectful now. And not that those um, things were ever said in the manner of sexuality, but so much is let go and just chalked up to like, ah, well, you know, boys will be boys and that's locker room talk. And so you have to, you know, acknowledge those first couple players, especially in the NFL, man, that and I'm sure they're reporting some more prominent ones, but I, I swear within the last six weeks or so, someone came out and I saw a news article. Man, it's got to take a lot. It's not nearly as much as the man Jackie Robinson, who stepped out as an African-American into the baseball league and was the first black player. Like, it's not like that. But I'm sure you have some fucking meatheads that are just jerks in those locker rooms that aren't as enlightened as... You, me, the people in our circle that are like, hey, man, that's cool. If, you, if you're a homosexual, if you're gay, that's 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 great, man. Let's. What other things can we talk about? Like, not that we don't want to talk about you and your partner. <laughs> well, it was really cool, man. I can tell you, I just did an interview with somebody, and I could feel his apprehension. And he, he shared, he always said his partner, and... Then he, he shared his partner's name, and it was it's certainly a, a, a male name. And uh, I tell you what, man, it opened a door where then he showed me their engagement pictures. And he looks so happy. And he looks so, like, different than what I had seen of him in a professional way that it was just like, man, it felt good. It felt like a one-up of this person is able to share a piece of themselves so they wouldn't share with other people. So it's a great opportunity too, but your receptors have to be open to that in your mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, dude was cute as hell. So, so is his uh, fiance. And to see them, like you could see their pictures and see love in their pictures. I wasn't looking at two males like, oh, this is an attractive male and this is another attractive male. And oh, that's strange. They're hugging and kissing. You could just see love on their faces and in the images. And it's something that would have been certainly closed off of. If I wasn't, you know, just as, I don't want to say nonchalant, like I care and I respect, but at the same time, like, oh, it's great, man. Okay. And after he showed me his engagement pictures, we talked about business. We talked shop. So 
I don't know. Just probably something as we close out here, man. Always keep your mind open. You never know what people are going through. And even for us to sit here and be like, oh, fucking look at this guy. So brave and like <laughs> and taking shots like, you know, we, we would as a knee jerk reaction. But in reflection and sitting back, it's like, nah, man, someone had to do it. And good on good on him. There's also no shots being taken. This is more, at least from my perspective, it's not about Luke or the other guy in the NFL. It's, it's just about our overall culture you know just let things be as they are yeah they just are man that's it's it's real tough for people to do we always it seems like people want to impose their views and this is how it's supposed to be and that's not how i grew up so that can't be right or i didn't know you could do this or that's not in the bible uh, yeah <laughs> yeah that's not in the bible well that's just the book <laughs> uh anything else coming up this week man uh no we just dropped cullen's episode um if you are looking for some amazing body work head up to new kensington what were your thoughts on him uh super knowledgeable guy uh really really understands what he's doing with the body and you know i like that i like when i go into a place like that i don't want the person to be like yeah you know like you can put this cream on or you could not like i you know, tell me everything that's in it and why I'm using it, you know? Yeah. He is one of those rare gems. And if you're looking for some body work, um, he talked us through the whole experience of what he does with the people that come in to see him. Um, he starts with a Reiki session on their body, finds out where their energy is blocked. And listen, listen, energy such a weird thing to say, but just use that as he locates where your body is having problems he releases that energy with some cupping very specified in the area of need and then works you down with an amazing massage you know from top to bottom he takes care of the physical vessel like none other and just super knowledgeable uh, about his practice about his services and techniques and products and everything that he does his kids can put their hands in and that's what I absolutely love about that dude. So if you're looking for some body work or just want to hear a dope-ass episode, hop back and listen to Colin Mag of BW412. This week coming up, we are going live. So we will be releasing this episode the same evening we go live with Steve Schoen. So if you're hearing this in the morning, make sure you tune in tonight. He's a firefighter. Um, just finished his first ultra marathon at 75 miles. Who the fuck runs 75 miles? I get annoyed if I think I have to drive 75 miles. So we will be sitting down with him. He will be in studio floating around six and we'll go live around seven twenty. Steve's nervous and excited to share his story. This is a dude that turned it around 18 months ago. He was drinking every night, eating pizza, sloppy as fuck, and just had an epiphany, turned his life around his on a completely different track. So super excited to sit with him. Um, anything for the people? Look forward to that episode. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Listen, guys, if you're stressed, you're tired, you need some relaxation, head over to schedulyourfloat.com and get yourself right with a 60 or 90-minute float. Just give yourself some time to get away from the world and calm down and let your mind unwind and untangle and just 
give yourself some time. That's schedulyourfloat.com and get a 60 or 90 minute float. You'll be thankful you did. And if you like this episode, head over to levityfloatcast.com. That'll pop you up right on Spotify to listen to all of our episodes. I think we just dropped Cullen's and I believe it was 36 or 37. So we got a really good catalog of good, amazing people to go back and check out. So lots of love to you sexy freaks. We're out. I wanna relax, relax, put my mind at ease Good friends and good vibes, now that's all I need When life hurts, come down and flow to levity Let your problems wash away into serenity, whoa